Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Great sports callers, open think tank. I hope sincerely that uh, all of you are safe and dry. What a crazy night of weather here. Um, tons of rain. If if you need weather updates, news updates, and I'm sure you know that you can get it from our sibling station, News Talk 96.5 KPL. But, oof, man, it was... Uh, the waters rose pretty quickly last night, and I know a number of folks that were flooded. I know, you know, a dormitory over at UL took in a ton of water all at once. A lot of cars were flooded. Be safe out there, everybody. Be careful, and uh, hopefully the ground can have a little bit of time to dry, and this water can get flowing down the rivers and the bayous quickly, but more rain to come. 100% chance of rain a day, thunderstorms. High 81, more rain tonight as well. That's from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips. Be safe, guys. Be safe. Coming up this morning on the show, Elliot Clough's going to join me to talk some NBA. The Pelican season is in the books officially. He uh, hosts the Pelicans Plus podcast. We'll talk about the NBA playoff matchups. There are some... Uh, play-in tournament games tonight, which we will have on our airwaves. Um, it really depends on what happens with UL baseball. Uh, they are scheduled to go play at UNO tonight with all this weather. We will see, but um, if they don't play, we'll be airing both of the games tonight, Charlotte at Indiana, followed by Washington at Boston. Um, but if they uh, do play tonight, we'll just join the Boston-Washington game in progress uh, after the baseball game, if you know, the game ends in time. But right now we got Cajun baseball scheduled for that. We'll talk more Cajun baseball in the 8 o'clock hour. Talk some Cajun softball, LSU baseball, among other things. When Jay Walker joins me in studio for a little Terrible Tune Tuesday um, and some sports talk. In the meantime, you know what? You know it's all the rage in sports right now? All the rage... In sports right now is outrage. Everyone gets upset. Everyone gets so mad. Everyone gets outraged about things. And and that's not just true of sports, but it, it absolutely is a big part of sports right now. And it could be it could be things that really aren't that big of a deal. Or it could be getting outraged about a player signing with a team because, well, they didn't sign some other player, and therefore it means this or that and all. It, it, it's just, that's all the rage. But just from like a simple, a simple example, the L.A. Clippers intentionally lost the last two games of the season to get a four seed in the NBA playoffs. They did. That's what they did. They lost to Houston. They lost to OKC. OKC had won like one of their last twenty-four games. I mean, it was, it was, it was a tank job. Clippers now get a first-round matchup against the Mavs and likely avoid the LA Lakers, who at the time might have been able to get to a six seed. So you were looking at a potential first-round matchup, but all the Clippers were doing is playing by the rules set up by the NBA. 
Jerry West had done the math. And while I think Utah is overlooked and might win the whole thing, the reality is the Clippers match up better with the Jazz and the Suns if you're looking ahead to a second round. It's okay to do that. They didn't want to win their last two games. Now they get the Mavs who have Luka Doncic, but they're not winning that series. They might win some games just based on his play alone. But then you got Jared Dudley of the Lakers talking trash about how they're trying to avoid us. And, And perhaps they were. A healthy, cohesive Lakers team? That's not a team you'd want to play in the first round, I guess. Healthy and cohesive. Yeah, Lakers are struggling right now. Dennis Schroeder's out with COVID. LeBron's dealing with an ankle injury. When AD came back from injury, he's still playing his way back into shape. My point is this. Why 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 are like is 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 are, are you really upset? Are these talking heads, are these hot take artists really upset about a team taking a final game or two to ensure that they would get something that would benefit them? And again, the word tanking means different things in different sports. Right? You hear the argument, oh, you can't just have players go out there and not try. It's their livelihood on the line. They're putting film together. They're putting this. All of that's true. And in the NBA, if you're a coach, you can still put in backups, put in young players. It's a matchup-based business. They're still trying hard. They're still trying to get their numbers. They're still trying to get their averages up. They're still trying to get more money on that next contract. And as the coach, you have also ensured matchup-wise that you were the same. And you're doing it because you want to try and win the entire thing. That's the point. How many Super Bowl champions, how many NBA champions over the last 20 years can you remember exactly what their regular season record was? Not including your favorite team. How many MLB champions in a normal 162-game season? World Series champs. How many can you remember what their regular season record was? You don't. You can't. The Giants in 2011 and the NFL were 9-7 and seven in the regular season. They won the Super Bowl. They lost six games in 2007. They beat a team that went 16-0 and 0 in the regular season in the Super Bowl. You know what? You know what you remember? The Giants won those two. You don't say, oh, man, remember what the regular season record was? That's not even the point. So who cares if a team is intentionally trying to lose games in order to try to win a championship. I know the concept sounds weird. I know it sounds fuzzy. I know it sounds odd. No different than when you get to regional play or when you get in, you know, in a situation where we, we we're going to try to throw our second to best pitcher in this game because we think we're favored by a lot. We know we're favored by a lot. We're going to save our pitcher who always gives us the best chance to win for this next game. My point is decisions you make aren't based on single games. You play to win championships. Only one team gets to do it each year. I get it. Sometimes you fall short, and it doesn't mean your season was a failure. But this idea of Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Hello. You play to win championships. Any team in the league, in any league, that's heading to the postseason and has some kind of control win or lose, over who they'll get to face in the postseason, especially in the first round of the NBA in a sport based so much on matchups, is going to take advantage of that. 
And any hot take artist who's upset about a team taking a final game or two to ensure something would be yelling just as loudly if a key player on that team got hurt in the last few minutes of a game they didn't have to win. How could you not be resting those guys? Get them off the floor. What the heck? The the after-the-fact outrage in sports is it's just annoying. I mean, it's, it's just annoying. Like I said, outrage has become all the rage in sports. Everyone's just so ticked off that, my God, how dare they give Tim Tebow one of 90 spots in a training camp roster. As if the Jags went out and signed him to some $150 million contract. I mean, the guy started a foundation to fight human trafficking. He's he's a good dude. A lot of fans don't like him. For whatever reason. A lot of fans don't like Cam Newton. For whatever reason. But it's not because, oh, well, he once, you know, stole a laptop when he was 18 and had to go to another school. Like, you just look, that's not it. You're just looking for different things to be upset about. Udonis Haslam, why are the Heat giving that guy $2.5 million he's 40 to not play? Miami thinks he's worth it. What do you care? Seriously. Well, he's taking up a spot of someone else who could do this or could do that. that that's when you're really, really reaching just out of hope. If he could be taken up a spot of someone that eventually is a great player or a future Hall of Famer, guess what? A future Hall of Famer is going to find their way onto some roster. When a one in fifteen team signs someone, it's like, oh, let's let's talk about this for a week. About how angry and upset we are. I don't I, I why 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 are we always angry all the time? Why does outrage have to be all the rage in sports right now? We just enjoy the games. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm spending too much time on Twitter. I don't know. That's probably what it is. I just need to turn on the game and enjoy it. Twelve minutes after the hour, seven o'clock. ESPN fourteen twenty dot com. It's the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. I'm Scott Prather. Elliot Clough going to join us from a part of the country that isn't dealing with flooding right now. Fortunately, uh, he is in the Midwest, host of Pelicans Plus podcast, the failure that was. You had end of season press conferences yesterday, digital press conferences. You heard Stan Van talk. You heard Brandon Ingram talk. You heard Lonzo Ball talk. You heard Zion talk. You heard David Griffin talk. You heard players talk. What was the biggest takeaway? who is coming out of the East and the West in the playoffs. Jay Walker joining me in the 8 o'clock hour as well to talk some Cajun baseball, softball, LSU baseball, terrible tune Tuesday. It's the great Scott show sponsored by Suit Up. It's a Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN1420.com.
Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. The Cajun Heartland State Fair is coming back. Go, go, fun, fun. May 27th through June the 6th, presented by LUS. Learn more by going to ESPN 1420 and clicking on the word fair on the What's Hot bar. Joining me now, friend of the program, podcaster with Boot Crew Media, NBA expert, great guy, Elliot Clough is uh, up in the Midwest with us where it's a little more dry up there. Good morning, Elliot. Thanks for joining us. What's up, man? Not a whole lot, Scott. Waking up here before I head to work this morning. Happy to be talking with you and uh, glad to hear you're safe and sound. And, you know, my thoughts are are with everyone down in Louisiana right now. Hopefully uh, you're able to stay dry as possible and stay safe as possible. Appreciate that, man. Listen, I was talking about something in the first segment I wanted your thoughts on. I, um, I, I'm I'm annoyed that right now in sports it just seems like outrage is all the rage, just like what people are into. Um, the Clippers intentionally lost their last two games. It was clear. Uh, they got a four seed. They were playing by the modern rules of the NBA. Um, I have no issues with it. You know, it might not work, but you're trying to win a championship, and if you think that's going to help you do it, then so be it. Um <laughs> You know, you got Jared Dudley on the Lakers kind of talking trash about it, um, which is fine. You know, good trash talking, nothing wrong with that. But it's like, I, I, I don't, all these hot take artists that are upset about it, you know that if they were going all out trying to win games and one of their key players got hurt, you know, in the final game or quarter of the regular season, the same folks would be saying, oh, my God, what are you doing? You have to rest those guys. I'm just... I'm just annoyed right now. Who cares if they did it? They they put themselves in a position to take advantage. An NFL team is, you know, fifteen and one and wants to sit out week seventeen and rest guys. It's it's their right. They can do it. Now, yo, well, they're not trying to lose to get a worse seed. Well, worse seed is all subjective, right? Especially in the NBA where it's totally matchup based. So I, I don't know, man. I, I guess I just I just need to get over it. I'm just annoyed this morning at all the the outrage in sports. It's just it's it's a little tiresome. Yeah, you know, and I think that's kind of the era we live in, right, with with social media and, and with TV and radio and everything else, newspaper. Everybody has to pop with all the information that's out there, right? And we had to know Stephen A. Smith was going to run with this. Like, I, I think I saw that clip on, on YouTube yesterday of him freaking out on his new show with, with ESPN where it was just, he was laying into the Clippers saying it's historically a bad franchise and now they're doing this and and all that. And, you know, I I think some of it's kind of justified in that, you know, uh, people hate this tanking area to, or this tanking era, excuse me, as well. And I think that's just going to continue as long as, you know, I'm always a proponent of winning when, (laughs) I'm just always a proponent of winning, right? Like, like I'm never going to ask that anybody go out and lose basketball games or, or football games or whatever. You know, I, there was no real reason for them to set up where they played the eventual reigning champion, excuse me, the reigning champions in the L.A. Lakers and go out and play Kawhi and Paul George. And like you said, maybe one of them gets hurt, what have you. It, it's just it's not something that's on the front burner for me. It's on the back burner. Like there's just no real reason to take this and run with it. Like there's so many other fun things to talk about in the NBA right now. You got the play in that starts today 
with a young, fun team in the Charlotte Hornets, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges. The, the Pacers might eventually or, <laughs> get their stuff together with their head coach, and Nate Bjorkren, and, and they could win this game against the Hornets tonight. Then you got the Celtics and, and the Wizards and that, that run that the Wizards have been on, and, and the Celtics are not what we thought they were. And Jay, but Jason Tatum's awesome. You know, There's just so many other storylines to go with. And I feel like this is, like you said, it's an era of outrage. It's, it's, it's a headline that people can use and get people upset about, and that's what gets them to come back, rather than just talking about sports. ESPN1420.com. All right, so you got play-in games today. I, I'll call it the play-in tournament because for some teams it's not a play-in game because they can lose and still advance. Um, not the case with Charlotte, Indiana, but Charlotte, Indiana, the nine ten in the East, Boston, Washington, the seven eight in the West tomorrow, Memphis, San Antonio, the nine ten, Lakers, Golden State, the seven eight. Who ultimately will be the seven and eight seeds in the East and West when the postseason begins? So that's actually perfect timing that you asked that. I talked about that on my podcast this morning. That uh, if you want to check it out again, Pelicans Plus, shameless plug, but. For 7-8 in the East, I'm honestly, I'm taking the Wizards. This is a the conversation. This is something that I never would have expected going into this season. I mean, like Jalen Brown going down. Gordon Hayward leaving Boston really has shown that they need that tertiary playmaker at the wing. So, and they tried to replace it with Evan Fournier. That has clearly not worked out at all. So I'm taking the Wizards out of that 7-8 game. I think I saw that the Celtics have lost five of their last six games. They're, they're, they're just falling apart at the wrong time. And it's not like they really had it all together from the beginning anyway. But taking the Wizards in that 7-8 game, um, and then in that 9-10 tonight for the, the Hornets and the Pacers, I will be taking the Pacers. The Hornets have lost their last five games, I believe. And if DeMontis Sabonis comes back, Tonight, after being questionable for a little while, I'm going to say that he is able to do a lot against this Hornets team. But in terms of the 7-8 and eight spot in, in the East, it end up being the Celtics and the Wizards. And in the West, oh my gosh, Scott, I'm so excited for this 7-8 matchup. I just, after what LeBron said about whoever created the play-in should be fired, Oh gosh, I want Steph to go off so bad and just beat him in this game and just make it that much harder for them to advance. All the respect in the world to LeBron, but I just think that would be really entertaining. So I, I'm thinking uh, that the Lakers do ultimately win that one. Um, they they move to that seven seed, and then the Warriors do take that eight seed in the West as well. Grizzlies are a young, fun team, but they're just not there yet, and and I don't think the Spurs have the firepower or anything to get moving forward in anything more or excuse me, less than a game, excuse me, seven game series. There we go. Um, I, I think Greg Popovich can only do so much for you in one game. ESPN 1420.com. You know, I feel like the, the NBA season, not, not from a Pelican standpoint, cause you and I both follow that closely, but I, I always, I always thought it was just, it came back too quick. Uh, it was too soon after the bubble. I'm not outraged by it, for the record. So I don't even say it. Oh, there he goes. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it just it felt like too many games packed into a short amount of time. Um, you know, it was a rough year for some teams. TV ratings weren't as good as they've been. Various various reasons, but I think uh, you, you talk to players, and then you add in all of the testing and that they had to go through, which. 
understandably so, but on an off day, suddenly you still got to wake up really early and go and drive and head to the facility. All this different stuff. You hear players talk about it. I I I don't know what kind of impact it's going to have on the postseason, right? It's kind of like the Nets, they're, they're, quote, big three. They played eight games together. You know, if, if the Nets end up rolling through this postseason without, um, you know, the continuity and the chemistry you would expect a champion to, to, to have, and I'm not picking Brooklyn right now, by the way, even though they're the betting favorite in Vegas to win it all, I, I think it just hurts. You talk about hurting the regular season. If the Nets just go and roll through the postseason – that would do. I, that would do massive damage to the regular season because it's just like, look, you know, super teams, whatever you want to call them, they don't even really need to play together in these games. In this case, the seventy-two game season, you know, they they there were sixty-four games they didn't even play them. But guess what? In the postseason, they won it all. Like I, I, I want the regular season to carry significant weight, but if the Nets go out and win it all, it it it. it Sort of really, really hurts an argument that it does. Aside from seeding, I get all of that, but now you have a play in. You get twenty of the thirty teams in. It's, I don't know, man. Regular season, I think I'm going to look back at as one of the weirdest and maybe worst that we've had in the modern era. Yeah, yeah, it's probably fair. And, and you know, Stan has talked about it a lot. Maybe not the players for the Pelicans, but Stan has talked about it a lot. I mean, they got what twelve practices in the second half of the season. Like we've talked about it being a historic year for offense like last year the Mavericks had the number one rated offenses like offensive rating ever and seven teams passed that this year that's seven one two three four five six seven teams passed the greatest offensive rating all time and that's because teams couldn't get together and, and formulate their defense their whether it was their scheme or or get enough time to watch film I mean Stan, again, he talked about it yesterday in, in the big, long press conference that the Pelicans had. There was points in the season earlier on when players only got 15 minutes with their coaches to watch film. 15 minutes. That's 1-5 in the professional league of basketball in America, in the National Basketball Association. 15 minutes of film can only do so much on top of not being able to get into your body and put things into practice. I mean, there's a lot of things that just weren't ideal in this NBA season. Am I glad we had it? Absolutely. It's been great putting content together. It's been great being able to talk with you on some of the other shows uh, on uh, ESPN 1420. But I think you absolutely have a point in terms of the, well, the quality of basketball this season. And then, you know, you factor in the injuries and, and COVID protocol. Definitely not an ideal season. And then in reference to the Nets and putting that together and making the regular season valuable, you know, I, I think this is a very specific situation in terms of their big three, in terms of the fact that they only played eight games together in total, because this big three fits well together for a lot of reasons. They played USA basketball together. James Harden and Kevin Durant have been teammates before, and they've continued to be friends. Despite their, all their diva-ness, separately they've appeared to work together as as friends otherwise you know we saw it when lebron and dwayne wade and chris bosh came together they started off their season nine and eight in 2010 they had to figure it out these three guys really didn't have to figure it out now you get james harden back from rest and i really do think they're going to blow through the east and and you know it the second round where they play the bucks followed by the 
final round, this is assuming that they get this far and, and the other teams get this far, they'll play the Sixers. So it'll be a little bit more difficult, but it's still, <laughs> it, it, it's still, they're, they're my pick to win the finals. I have them winning over the, the Suns four to one and the Suns might be a long shot, but I, I really think this Nets team is an exception. And, and on top of that, they got all those, you know, the veteran role players, the Jeff Green, the Blake Griffin, and, and Bruce Brown, who's been awesome for them this season. The things have just fallen together in a really strange season for the Nets. And I, I think it's a lot more circumstantial than it would be if it was just any other, you know, great team trying to figure it out this late in the season. Elliot Clough, our guest, ESPN1420.com. It's the great scout show sponsored by Suit Up. Be careful out there, everybody. Stay dry. Stay safe. Uh, Elliot, looking at uh, the Pelican season now in the rear view yesterday, you had the end of the season digital press conferences. Uh, what stood out to you the most, whether it be something said by David Griffin, by Stan Van Gundy, by one of the players, what was your biggest takeaway? What was something you really, I guess I guess the better way to phrase the question is this, Elliot. Did you learn anything yesterday? Was there something that made you turn your head and say, oh, okay. Well, didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that I personally took away was the complete lack of recognition for Stan Van Gundy by the players. So Brandon Ingram came out, and I think somebody asked about his relationship with, with Stan Van Gundy, and he flat out said his relationship with him is okay. That is it. That's all he said. Didn't really go into it much other than that. I think he said he's never really been coached like this before. But and there's two ways to take this, and I, I delved into it a little bit on, on my podcast this morning as well, if you want to give that a listen. But I, I think there's two things to, to – two different ways to take, take what Brandon Ingram said and, and the lack of you know talking about Stan Van Gundy by the other players on the team. The first thing you can do is, you know, all right, Stan Van Gundy's already lost the team. It's done. There's no getting him back. It, it, these guys don't like him. They don't want to play for him anymore. Whatever. It's a very easy take to run with because Stan Van Gundy has a relationship, or a, a excuse me, a, uh, a reputation of being sort of a hothead, of, of being stubborn. It's very easy to gather that and say, uh, that's it. A lot of people don't like Stan Van Gundy anyway for his coaching capabilities, you know, rotations, what have you. There's the second way of taking it in that Stan Van Gundy is a teacher who wasn't able to teach this season. And when you're in a situation like that and, and you're already rigid, it's really difficult to build relationships because I'm sure he just felt like his, his words were falling on deaf ears. I mean, they got, like I said, they got 12 practices in the second half of the season. He didn't get to teach them. I mean, his, his thing is teaching young basketball players, and there was a lot of development for, for Jackson Hayes, for Na, for, for Kyra a little bit. And I think Brandon Ingram and, and Zion, their defense got better. The defense as a whole got a lot better. But Stan wasn't able to instill the principles that he really wanted to, to, to the degree that he really wanted to. When you're in a situation like as a member of a team where you're getting you know, yelled at, screamed at, because that's what Stan Van Gundy does, and you're not able to put anything to practice, you're not necessarily able to see the fruits of your labor, 
I mean, resentment can build and, and, and fairly, I mean, for, for good reason. I think it's to degree it's fair. I think they come back this off season. They're going to supposedly put in a bunch of work together. Brandon Ingram, Zion, possibly the team as well. And I think you get Stan Van Gundy for a full camp. You're able, you're able to really see and in, ingrain some of those, those habits, the, the benefits of those habits. And I think that relationship is going to continue to build and get better and that trust can, can be laid as a baseline for this team with Stan Van Gundy. Brandon Ingram acknowledging, you know, in some ways his relationship with Stan, how is it? Not saying, oh, it's great. He's, he's, it's okay. You know, we got to work on it. I mean, that's – I like the transparency there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know, you brought up all the other aspects of the unique – the uniqueness of this past season and some of the difficulties it laid out. But but make no mistake, I mean, it was a failure. You know, you lose 14 games that you led by double digits in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, that's that's by far the most in the NBA. NBA you split that in half, guess what? You know, you're you're the sixth seed. And um, I think just the, the my, my prediction this year was they would finish ninth. I thought their ceiling was sixth. I thought their floor was 11th or 12th. Um, it was it was a failure, but it 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 shouldn't slow down the expectation level. I mean, the expectation level was you're at least at the play-in tournament this season. Next season, you know, you're a higher seed in the playoffs. And the season after, you're advancing and you're making noise and you're doing things. You can't slow down the expectation level. It's still early in the process, Elliot. But do you think anyone in the front office, the staff, is is there? Is the seat warm or hot at all next season, or are we? Is that just solely based on just how good, or perhaps rather, how bad next season could go? Not really warm now, but never say never because if if they come out next year and, and stink it up, then all bets are off. You know, I, I don't think anybody's going to get fired if next season doesn't go particularly well, but the seat will definitely start warming up because. You have Zion Williamson and you have Brandon Ingram on a max contract. That team this year, some of the pieces didn't fit exactly great. Should have been more shooting, like Griff said in the, the last game when AD and, and Joel Myers interviewed him. But there's too much talent on this team in the NBA to lose basketball games. They have Steven Adams. They got Eric Bledsoe, who did not turn out at all ultimately got James Johnson for that basketball IQ that, that Griff talked about yesterday as well for the toughness, for the purpose of winning, playing defense, all of that, the, the veteran leadership, and they weren't able to put it together. If there's anybody's seat that's going to get hot, or, and I don't think it's going to be hot necessarily, but definitely warm starting next season. I, I think it's going to be Griff more than Stan Van Gundy. And, you know, Griff, it, it's, it's tough to say that, especially after yesterday, because the dude says, all the right things all the time. You're never going to get a bad presser from David Griffin. He's just a good communicator. He's, he's really well-spoken. And I, I would like to think probably a good person. So, uh, like I said, if there's any seat that's going to get hot, going to get warm, I think it's been because something has to happen this offseason where they figure out how to continue to build around Zion, to continue to build around Brandon, and really get some shooting because there was a it was just a complete void in terms of shooting this year. Do you know what they shot and, and where they were at in, in the league, Scott, uh, in terms of the, the three-point percentage, what percentage they shot this year? 
The exact percentage off the top of my head, no. But I know it was near the bottom of the league. 34.8%. 34.8%, 26th in the NBA. That is not going to cut it when you got Zion Williamson. Zion averaged 27 points and over 60% from the field, which is absolutely insane for anybody, let alone a 20-year-old. But when you can't surround that with shooting and, and, and you can't win with that, oh, I, I, something's got to change quick. And I, I don't know that the roster as currently constructed can figure it out, even with an elongated offseason or a normal offseason, I should say, and a, a regular amount of, of time together in camp. Something's uh, got to change, and it's got to change quick. Elliot Clough, our guest. That's the final question, Elliot. What, what's, what's the biggest move of the offseason? Whether it be good or bad, when all is said and done, what's the biggest decision, the biggest move David Griffin has to uh, has to make? What does he have to do here? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question, Scott. When you when you boil it down to everything that Griff said yesterday, he said IQ, he said toughness, he said shooting, and we we kind of hit that a little bit just now. But I mean, in all reality, you, know, you go out and get veterans who can shoot and it's, it's two birds, one stone. Right. And, and if they're a little bit, you know, tougher, if they're able, I'm, you know, I'm thinking like a, a Mo Harkless who hasn't had the greatest last few years. That's just a name that came up to the top of my head because you can get players like that. I don't even know if he's available in free agency, but you can get players like that in free agency. And, and with the amount of assets, the bevy of assets, the treasure trove of assets in terms of picks, that this team has along with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, and Kyra Lewis on rookie deals, and Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe to trade to make the money work, there needs to be a big, maybe not a massive move, but, I mean, there's, there's names out there like, like Carl Anthony Towns, like, like Bradley Beal, that a lot of people have talked about as possibly being available. And if the Pelicans somehow get into the top five, in terms of the, the the lottery this year and, and their pick is in the top five and they don't make a move based off that, ooh, they've gotta they've gotta address shooting, if anything. Shooting, bring back James Johnson on, on a cheap deal, Billy Hustle, Billy Hernan Gomez on a cheap deal. You can retain some of that IQ and you can go out and, and get that shooting as well via trade or or in free agency. And I think toughness has to be instilled by Stan Van Gundy a little bit. I, I don't know where you're going to get more toughness when you got Steven Adams on the front lines and, and Zion Williamson up there as well. What you're looking for in terms of that, it, I don't know. But for me, it's, it's basketball IQ and shooting. And in terms of a tangible move, that's definitely something we can talk about at a later date when, when we hear you know rumors and stuff like that. But I, I think the shooting can be addressed as well. In, in the draft. I know a lot of people have talked about Corey Kispert out of, out of Gonzaga, but there's a lot of ways this can be addressed. As a, to a specific move, I'm not positive yet, but a move or multiple moves needs to be, needs to be done this offseason. ESPN1420.com. Elliot Clough has been our guest. Appreciate the time, my friend. Before we let you go, anything you want to plug? Yes, sir, Scott. So, again, podcast is Pelicans Plus. That's on all platforms presented by Boot Crew Media. Um, obviously, you can follow me on Twitter. It's 
at Elliot Clough, E-L-I-O-T, L-O-U-G-H. You'll find all the content that I, that I put out there. Um, and then, of course, check out bootcrewmedia.com. That's crew with a K. Ton of NBA content, ton of NFL content, sports, uh, pop culture, all of that as well. So lastly, I will say my Twitter one more time. One L and one T and Elliot and Clough is C-L-O-U-G-H. Appreciate the time, man. All the best. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, be safe, be well. We'll talk to you down the line. Yes, sir. Thanks, Scott. You got it. That is Elliot Clough, Boot Crew Media. We'll take a time out when we come back. We'll have a guest in studio talking about a <sighs> something happening here in Lafayette that I think we can uh, all agree would be great for the city. Find out next at ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app plus Jay Walker in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. If you're listening via the stream... On your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and connected cars and on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Hope everyone is safe and dry. We did have some guests lined up to come through the building here at Town Square this morning to promote something. That got pushed due to the flooding and the weather, but we'll tell you about it. This Saturday, downtown Lafayette between 4 and 8 they will be um, bringing back outdoor music. That's right. An event downtown from 4 to 8 this Saturday. And, uh, you know, Lafayette, you know, LCG is teaming up with downtown for an event that's going to bring back outdoor music for crowds, promote our local culture. Kind of like a combination of downtown live and art walk, put it together. But that's from 4 to 8 this Saturday, May 22nd. And now, you know. Hopefully this weather subsides here later in the week, but uh, be good, man. I I I I miss outdoor. I miss music, miss concerts, miss all of that, man. I miss it. I miss it. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Uh, Jay Walker scheduled to join me in the eight o'clock hour in studio. Out in the first segment, the uh, outrage being all the rage in sports. It's become all the rage. Outrage. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's exhausting. I'm tired of it. And somebody emailed me, I guess at some point in the last segment when I was talking to Elliot, and it was like, but does outrage ever work? The the, the answer to that question is, yeah. I mean, it depends on, I guess, what you want to work out, but sure. I mean, it worked yesterday. It worked yesterday. There, there was a, a team in Major League Soccer. I say a team. A team that was the Major League Soccer champions that announced last week they were rebranding their team name. The champions of, that tells you what you need to know about the MLS. The champions of the league were changing their name. Um, the Columbus crew were going to rebrand themselves to the Columbus SC. And after, I don't know who's, you know, thought that would be a good idea. But they had to release a long statement because of outrage. 
from, you know, the 37 fans they have. And the team said in a statement that it was going to return to the Columbus Crew name. So it took a whole week. And they came out with a joint statement and said it's important to keep Crew as the club's primary identifier. It's going to remain the team's official name. At no point in their statement did they say, well, it's because, you know, there was a lot of outrage here. But, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes it does. I don't know why you would drop the word crew from the official team name and replace it with SC, especially when you're the defending champions of a league. But it was, from what I understand, it was meant to come ahead of their some new stadium that they're going to be opening up this summer. And they were trying to just do a lot of different rebranding. And so Columbus Soccer Club, we are the black and gold for those that don't know. They say that they're they're always going to be black and gold. You don't need to change your name from crew to soccer club. Okay? You know. This team, this team, the this is what I know about the Columbus crew. They will buckle to the pressure. There was a movement in 2017. Ownership was trying to relocate to Austin, Texas, and everyone, you know, the, the I guess they have enough fans in Columbus were like, we don't like this, don't do it, and they didn't. Now they decide they're going to change the name, and everyone freaks out, and they don't do it. If there's one team in American sports that can be bullied by outrage, it would be the Columbus crew. Hashtag save the crew. All they had to do is just bring the hashtag back from a few years ago. ESPN 1420.com. 269-1077. We got terrible tune Tuesday coming up. Here's a here, here's a story that's really not a, a big surprise. It was expected, and so you may not see the headlines everywhere. You may not see it talked about but it, it's kind of one of those stories that's been around for a while and a bill passes and everyone's you know a lot of a lot of casual fans are like well I thought, I thought that already happened yesterday the Louisiana Senate Senate voted unanimously to allow college athletes to make money off of endorsements and sponsorship deals and you're seeing that across several other states now Louisiana could be the first state to allow this but an amendment was added on the Senate floor, likely ensuring that other state laws will take effect first. Here's the aspect of this story that's important, that's that, you, that you need to remember, that you need to think about. Compensation is only going to be allowed in deals struck with outside third-party groups unaffiliated with the school. And it can't obviously it can't involve tobacco, alcohol, legal substances, banned athletic substances, gambling, things like that. Athletes would have to disclose their contracts to their contracts, and the schools could block certain deals. So the schools have a little bit of power. My guess is if, you know, a gentleman's club came up and said, hey, we want you to uh, want you to rock this, uh, the school might be like, hey, it might be a bad look. But it does give the, it does give the school some, some, some power there. You know, Georgia... They're, again, this is what's important to remember. The NCAA is really, really, really hoping 
that something passes on the federal level and the government gets involved and says, you know what, we're going to go ahead and oversee this across the entire country and not make it a state-by-state deal. Because while 15 states have passed similar legislation, that legislation is slightly different in each state. If you read down the list of each bill, you'll notice small differences. For example, in Georgia, at the bottom of the bill, it says university will have a right to take any money, any compensation earned by a student-athlete for their name-image likeness and divvy that money up to other student-athletes on campus. doesn't say that they have to, but it says that they can. Again, it gives the school the power. It gives the athletic programs the power. It gi- if you're a star athlete for Georgia Tech and you are the face, and everyone knows who you are. No one really, no casual fan knows anyone else for Georgia Tech athletics aside from that football player. Think like Calvin Johnson or something. Should should the school be allowed to take most of that money and say, all right, okay, here's a little small piece of that pie. Now we're going to give it to this dude uh, named Joe who plays on Georgia Tech's soccer team. That Nothing against Joe. I mean, if he has a scholarship, good. But he doesn't deserve some of that money because it's not his name, image, and likeness. Allowing it to be a state-by-state law, and then, in, first of all, every state's got it. No no state with any kind of college athletics is going to say no to this. Otherwise, no one's going to go play there, at least no great athletes. The important thing to remember is that the NCAA is really, really hoping at the federal level the government does something here. The NCAA really hadn't done much, though. They're just trying to, hey, our inaction, we, you guys take care of it. Someone else do something. We'll allow it, but we don't want to make any of the rules. ESPN1420.com. Don't go anywhere. Jay Walker is in the house. Talking some Cajuns, Tigers, terrible tune Tuesday and more. TSPN 1420.com. Don't go anywhere. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show on a Tuesday. A man, Jay Walker, is in the house. Hi. Let me ask you something before we talk a little college diamond sports. Uh-huh. The, 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 the main subject of my first hour was outrage has become the rage in sports. And some will say, oh, it's, it's, it's social media, blah, blah, blah. I think... It's more talking heads than social media, and I guess I'm technically a talking head, albeit on a on a small scale. But I think I think social media doesn't help. I think it fuels it. But I think the drivers of that ship are the talking heads and the sort of hot take. And when you have hot takes, when there's no heat anywhere, but you have to essentially create it, you get 
to a point where, well, what can we do now? Now we just have to be upset about how can I make this story bigger than it is? And the the downside of that is now it's just led to this current state of sports where let's just get really PO'd about anything. And that's what we're going to talk about is how angry we are or how upset we are about. And look, there are some things that, that you should be upset about. I'm not suggesting that, but not literally everything. Now outrage is all the rage in sports and it's just exhausting. It is. And, and, you know, I, I think you're, I think you're correct. I think it's more, uh, the talking heads than it is social media, although social media certainly has contributed to it. Um, I think it's true of sports. I think it's true of news. Um, when when the 24-hour thing began, you know, there's only there's only so much you can do. And then after that, you got to make stuff up. And so that's what that's what we do on both ends of the spectrum now. And we and we try to response. And so, you know, the hot takes are hotter than ever. Uh, and they're, and that's done on purpose. It's annoying when there's no heat. This is true. Like uh, the, the, the talking heads are the driver of the ship. But if you don't have all the passengers, which is social media, then, then it doesn't matter. You're just driving that ship by yourself. But boy, the more passengers you get, the bigger that cruise ship gets. And now we're just, that's where we are now. It's like, are y'all really going to get, is it really life or death that a team purposely lost the game to improve their playoff seed? Like, is Tim Tebow signing with the Jags and he'll probably get cut? Is that really ru- is that ruining your life? Is that ru- are you that upset about it? That was one of the things that that you know, I've read a few things about Tebow and is oh, that's you know, that is just terrible. That's Okay, look. They signed him. He's going to get cut. No harm done. And if he doesn't get cut, it's because he earned his way onto the team. No one's of course no one's going to believe that. His name is just something you throw on the wall and it gets hot, so let's talk about it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole thing, I mean, I've just heard some videos with that. It's like okay, a 1-in-15 team signed a guy to their 90-man offseason roster that's probably not going to make the team. Um, So what? Yeah. But no, let's get a week of content about that, and let's get people genuine. I mean, I, I'm talking people were genuinely upset and angry. I, like, I, how is this? How are you letting this impact your life this way? I I read a you know a couple of things on social media. I didn't respond to them, but I but I looked at them and I said seriously, you know that's what you're going to write about. That's what's bothering you, Bunky. Where do they get it though? Oh, sure, from you, not from me. <laughs> I'm trying to temper down. I'm trying to just be angry about stuff that deserves outrage. Not the fact that the Clippers decided we're going to purposely lose two games so that we get the best playoff seed. Because at the end of the day, it's I know Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game, hello. The goal is to win championships. Now, if you'd come short up of that goal, it doesn't mean your season was a failure. But if that's the goal... If a 15-2 and two NFL team has the one seed locked up and wants to rest their players, cool. You'd be outraged about that. If the Clippers need to lose a game so they get a better seed in a sport, uh, technically a worse seed, but a seed in a, in, in a playoff system in a sport that's very much predicated about matchups, okay, aren't they trying to win a championship? Like you, Can you, aside from a team that you follow, Jay, 
closely. Can you remember the regular season record of any of the last 20 years of a champion in pro sports? No. College sports is a little different because football, you have the right. undefeated thing. But, but, but no, and at the same time, Scott, I, 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 I'm not sure you and I are fishing in the same hole on this. Because if you're talking about, okay, the farther you advance, the more money you're going to make, okay, I get that part of it. But what does it matter if your goal is to win a championship? What does it matter if you have a bad first-round matchup, a bad second-round matchup, or a bad third-round matchup? What difference does it make? You're going to have to beat them sooner or later anyway. I agree with that. Okay. I mean, in the NBA, certain matchups, certain teams match up better with others. And That's true in every sport, though, Scott. You may not face – you don't think in basketball it – it's it weighs heavier than the other sports. No, I do. Okay. I don't think. I mean, you could look at the Pelicans when they swept the Blazers a few I, years ago, which feels I, like which was three years ago, but feels like twenty years ago. They, if they were not playing Portland, they would not have gotten out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they got knocked out in the second round. So what difference did it make? So they didn't win a Port- championship. If Portland gets to the second round, or if Portland has a different path, they might get to the conference finals. Or the finals. I mean, it, it, it does make not, a difference. Not buying what you're selling, you, sorry. You play the car you have to try. It's like if you're if you're trying to win a regional, as we shift gears now, don't you do things that might not be about trying to... You might make a decision where this, this arm may not give us the best chance to win today, but we think it's going to give us a chance to win today. Well, because you're playing you to know, what? We, win we the saw, regional. You know, we saw Tony do that. In the Super Regional in 2000. You know, they lost the first game. Scott Doman's ready to go. He throws Andy Grow. Um, so I, I, I get it. I get it. I think baseball's a little bit different because of the pitchers. Okay, that's that's something that no other sport has. Um, but I just, you know, you're going to have to beat those folks sooner or later. I, I, I don't think. Now, and, and again, you know, we've spent a few minutes talking about this. Is this going to, you know, be something that I'm going to be on social media bitching about? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. I, I, um, the same folks that are, that are mad about the Clippers probably would have criticized them if one of their best players got hurt playing in the fourth quarter of a game you didn't necessarily have to win. And they would have yelled at him and said, what the hell are you doing? Sure. Because... When it comes to selective outrage, it is, or after-the-fact outrage, it's all the rage in sports right now. And, and and as you said, kind of all over the place. But it's just it's just exhausting, man. Let's get upset about things that are worth getting upset about. Let's, you know, worry about things and be concerned about things that are important. I mean, that was last night, man. I mean, to everybody that flooded, my thoughts and prayers are with you. That was uh, – and, and – to Lake Charles and everyone here in Acadiana right now, just I, I hope we get through this week. I mean that sincerely. It is uh, that rain was coming down in in buckets last night, man. Getting home last night was an adventure. It was, you know, I um, there was water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink, you know, and and you know, we. I'm very, very grateful that I drive a Jeep. Did you did you have to check beforehand about the route, the best route to take? I I was oblivious. I mean, I I didn't, you know, I'd been inside since five o'clock. I didn't know 
that that much rain had fallen. Boy, they dose a lot of water now. Yeah. A lot of water. ESPN 1420. Anything uh, stand out to you last night, your conversations at Pete's? Did you learn anything? Um. Yeah, I, I got I got something reinforced last night. You know, you watch baseball a certain way for a lot of years, and you get to figure out coaches and, and what they're going to do. And I'm, you know, I, I, I've said it that, you know, Matt Deggs is a very different coach from Tony Robichaux, but it, it really, it really came out in that final game. Okay. The Cajuns get two on with nobody out. You're down a run. The guy coming up leads you in. Mm-hmm. So naturally they're going to give him a green light and he's going to get a base hit up the middle to tie the game. Now, I asked Matt about that last night. And he had good reasons for what he did. You know, you got Lede hitting in the eight hole. You have the number nine hitter up next. And then you got the leadoff spot and Drake Osborne's not there. Right. So he said he, you know, and, and then he also said, I don't like to bunt to tie a game. And so he gave Lede a green light. He got a base hit. And then, you know, Brandon does the fake bunt slash down the right field line. You, that, that proved to be the winning run. And then you had two more in the ninth. Um, yeah, he, he, I, I asked him about that series of events as well yesterday morning. Uh-huh. And, and he, he brought up the Osborne thing. Right. Um, but it wasn't just a let's go for it here. It wasn't a, quote, gut feeling. I mean, he had. No, he had a. He, there, were, there was a method to his madness. Correct. And but part of it was just the philosophy. I don't like to bunt to tie. I like to bunt to tack on runs, is what he said. ESP at fourteen twenty. Um, what's what's the status of Drake right now? I think um, I think his availability this weekend is going to depend on his pain tolerance. I, I, I you know there's no other way for me to say it. I mean that. He's going to have some discomfort, and the, and the question is just you know can he hand, can he handle it now? As Matt said last night, this guy's a tough kid. He almost cut his leg off during the summer. Didn't even tell anybody about it. So he's he's a tough cookie, and and I know he's going to want to play, um, and it's probably going to be his call. And the difference, his bat in the lineup. No, oh, it's huge. I mean. It is not – there's no debate there. And, and you know, and, and if he can't go, then, you know, the first question you ask is, okay, who are you going to put in the leadoff spot? Because that spot was pretty much locked down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we'll you know, we'll see. I, 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 I'm also going to say something that we saw in the doubleheader. Okay? He pinch hits – Brandon Talley and he hits a home run. He starts him in the in the in the second game, and he and he smashes a double down the right field line. Let's remember that that kid was not recruited to pitch. Now, if all of a sudden he's going to heat up, first of all, I think Maddie's going to give him another chance, and secondly, he could be a huge weapon. Little Swiss Army knife there. Oh yeah, a little bit. Can do a little bit. DH, close. What do you need him to do? Put him in there. ESPN1420.com. 
Um, LSU did not sweep Bama. They got two or three. Yeah. They, um, Where are they at right now with their regional hopes? I think that they have to win the series this weekend and then do a little bit of damage in the conference tournament. I don't. If they lose the series, then I think they have to get deep in the conference tournament. But if they win the series, um, which would make them 13 and 17, uh, then then I think as long as they don't crater right away in the conference tournament, I think they're I think they're probably going to get in. Speaking of LSU, their softball team. Were you surprised that I, I I expected them to host? Were you surprised that they were a national seed? Um, uh, yeah, I, I was. Too. I, I was, and you know, I brought that up to Jerry last night, and he said, "Yeah, they lost nineteen games, but you got to look at the schedule they played." He said they played the toughest schedule in America. Because they went out of conference and played a lot of really, really good teams, so he wasn't all that surprised at, uh, that they were a national seed, despite the fact they have nineteen losses. Thirty-two and nineteen, right? Um, Jerry is just very. What did he tell us Sunday night? I don't want to be known as Glasgow Regional. Um, they're no stranger to the Baton Rouge Regional. You got. Two teams you know well. Another you've just started to watch film on. George Washington's first ever regional appearance in softball. And they're a three seed. Which I I expect that McNeese is a three. And they're a four. So Tra- Traditionally, the Atlantic 10 champion is a four seed. The fact that George Washington is a three tells me that this is one of the better teams to come out of that league in a while. So who do the Cajuns throw on Friday? Well, I'm not going to tell you who I would throw. I'm going to tell you who I think is going to throw. I think it's going to be Lamb. Um, we'll see. She hadn't been playing. She, I think the the team has been. You could Jerry feels like the team's peaking right now. Um, I think there's certainly a case to be made for that offensively, and 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 I'm I'm going to but, say this. I don't think Lamb has recently taken a step back. I think summer's been that good. So you think Lamb's just kind of plateaued as, as of late, that she's been around the same spot? You don't feel like she – I mean, I don't think she's peaking right now, I'll put it – I'll say Well, that. I, you know, I, but I don't think she's taken a step back. So, you know, I, I think that what has happened is summer has been, like, really good. And so, you know, in comparison, you know what I'm saying? Um, going to be an interesting weekend. You know those athletes that just sort of flip a switch when it's like the big moments or the some would say, Oh, it's the stage. Others would say, eh, why can't they do it all the time? Again, you want to be outraged, whatever. Um, all I know is Summer's the kind of athlete that when the moment's big, she's playing her best. Well, you know, let, let me tell you something that that we've seen, okay? Summer is one of those pitchers that comes after you. All right, I'm going to get you, and then she does it. Sometimes that can hurt you when you get to a regional where you're playing a really elite team because sometimes you can't just go after them. Sometimes you got to, you know, I gotta, I've got to concentrate on throwing a drop here, or I've got to continually curve them here. I, I, I can't just challenge them with, with a rise ball and, and blow it by them. But Summer always thinks that she can dominate. And so I, I – and, and a couple of times that's gotten her in trouble. So 
that's something to watch for this weekend. And and boy, I go back to that that first inning against Alabama. You know, when when you know they had runners on base and she decided she was going to challenge somebody and they took her out of the ballpark. And so that's that's the thing I'm watching for this weekend. When when she's out there, I want to see how she approaches each hitter. Because now you're getting into very elite competition. This is the part of the show where if you're listening on demand on the podcast, you you've missed the last 30 minutes of an very memorable, terrible Tune Tuesday. So a reminder, if you want to hear TTT, you got to listen on Tuesday, 8 o'clock hour. I'm Scott. That is Jay. It's ESPN 1420. <sighs> you think they're playing baseball tonight in New Orleans? Well, you know, you asked me about Southern last week, and I said no, and then the weather was great, and they started the game. I'm going to say no again. Just if you make the trip, I hope you play. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the last thing you want to do is go down there for nothing. But um, with all the rain, and New Orleans has been getting it too. Yeah. You know. Where 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 on campus is that stadium? It's right next door to the Lakefront Arena. Okay. It's actually not. Well, that is considered campus like like the like athletic the UL complex. sports campus yeah, is. It's considered campus. Um, but, yeah, it's right next door to Lakefront Arena. ESPN 1420.com, Scott Prather, Jay Walker. Uh, outrage in sports, being all the rage in sports. I remember when the St. Louis Rams decided to change their uniforms back when they were in St. Louis, the year after they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's not the time to do it, in my mind. You rebrand when it's like you need a shot in the arm and things are feeling a little dull and like when the Bucks changed from their creamsicle uniforms, they 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 had been bad for a while, and they switched to uniforms that in the '90s, when they came out, looked pretty looked pretty good. They looked slick, and then they were good for a while. Not that the rebranding had anything to do with it, but the timing was right. Is my point. The Columbus Crew are the reigning Major League Soccer champions, and it's okay if you didn't know that until this very moment. Good, because I didn't. They announced last week that they were going to rebrand themselves to the Columbus SC, the Columbus Soccer Club. You'll know, you might, you might know that soccer called football in other countries. A lot of teams are team name FC, football club. So they're trying to go for that, but also it doesn't work because you use soccer and that's just a U.S. term, not to mention South Carolina. The. <laughs> Columbus, thank you. I hadn't even thought about that, Jay. Holy cow. Yeah, not to mention, oh, wait, are they? In, is this team in Columbus, South Carolina? Um, the Columbus crew, a few years ago, ownership was uh, talking about moving them to Austin. And I guess they have enough of a following in Columbus because fans raged and they decided to stay. One week after saying they were changing their name to the Columbus Soccer Club, fans raged. And now they've come out with a statement and said, okay, no, we're keeping the name crew. We'll be the Columbus crew. I mean, if you want to have, if you want to be outraged at anything, just be mad at owners of the soccer team in Columbus because it works against them, apparently. They'll just buckle under the pressure in a second. The club's independent band, uh, fan group, some, some group called the Nordecki, was livid. They called for boycotts of games, 
purchasing new gear, and even help launch a small protest outside the stadium. Small being the key word there. Um, do the owners of the Columbus crew, which, by the way, a better name than Columbus, South Carolina, Columbus SC, do they know how these these things typically work, like small bouts of outrage? There's a call for a boycott. There's a we're never going to do this again, and then everyone kind of forgets about it. Did they not know that, Jay? Well, you know, the fans know that sometimes that works. And and we've seen it happen, you know. We've seen it happen twice in just a couple of years to this team in Columbus. Um, I don't know, man. I Don't change your name after winning a championship. I don't know if that's an indictment on the team, the league, or, or ownership. Not really sure there. You don't need to evolve your brand when you're coming off a championship. Now, the Rams didn't change their name or anything. It was just a uniform change, but... Wasn't the right time for it. 51 after the hour. Who's, your, who's got the best uniforms in sports? Like, who, if they said today, we're going to change our uniforms, there would be an outrage and call for a boycott. I think that there are a few that that would happen with. The Yankees would be one. The Dodgers would be one. I think the Red Sox would be one. Um I think the Celtics would be one. Although the Celtics have, in, have incorporated black into yeah. their uniforms that they didn't have before. So they have changed their uniforms. They don't wear that too often, though. But I don't like that black. There's The Celtics, you're right. They need to just keep... The Bulls are the only team that has like the exact same uniform that like they've, they've always had, pretty much. And in... Uh, you know, I've always Since been partial the to the Jets the uniforms. Yeah. I've always liked the Jets uniforms. Yeah, when they, when they switched... Back to the old ones. That was, that was. You go old school, and that's the right way to do it. Yeah, the one they wore there, you know, mid to late eighties, into the most of the nineties. You change the whole shade of green. Just not, not good, not good. Small tweaks to the uniform are okay, but when you have the like whole overhaul, whole change. Like the Bengals announced, they're coming out with new uniforms. I swear they came out, and I'm like, well, I can't even tell what's different. can't tell what's different at all. Baseball is the sport, Jay, where, I, and basic, basically to your point, where there would be outrages if it's one of the old, traditional championship-type franchises. Right. If you're not one of those, go ahead and do it. Just just don't do it after you know, I don't, you win a championship. I do not remember a time when the Yankees didn't have a gray uniform that said New York and a pinstripe uniform that said NY. I don't remember when they didn't have that. The, um, now, I've seen the Red Sox wear some colored jerseys from time to time, which, you know. But the, the same is true with the Dodgers. The, the, the only change that they've made is they've got an away uniform that says Dodgers. They also have one that says Los Angeles. And Los Angeles is the one that I grew up on. Um, so, you know, they've, they've stayed awfully consistent over the years. ESPN1420.com. That's going to do it for the great Scott show. That is Jay Walker. You may or may not hear him tonight. Cajun scheduled to take on UNO last midweek game of the season. ULM at MLT Moorefield at Russo Park this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Cajuns a game back no, Thursday. Okay. Thursday. First of all, Thursday, it's Thursday, Troy. Friday. It's Troy, not ULM, but it's Thursday, Friday. You said you you said ULM Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's what? Troy Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yes, that's correct. I don't know where my mind was going. Yeah, you got Troy Trojans Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You look at the West Division. It's you're what one game back. You got to win one more game than UTA. This UTA is in Statesboro to take on Georgia Southern. Could you finish anywhere from first to last at this point? Yes. That is what's on the line here Yep, against Troy. Lots going on. Jay, it's always fun, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, sir.